sometimes my good friend and co-host PJ Zuko. Pause. Let me turn down Kevin's super loud headset. Hold on one second. I mean, I, they're not going to be able to hear anything in their 60s, right? They're, they're not going to be able to. No, no, I can't. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So they're not in their, their 60s headphones yet? They're so loud. They're not in their 60s? Like, they're so loud, they're, like, crackling. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. You, you know what the other... I don't know if I should... How how far... How this far, rabbit hole do you want to go? Yeah, well, no, it's like, how far do you want the curtain to be pulled back? I know well, sometimes people... All the way back, no, this is, that's been my thought process since I started this show, is I was always going to be completely transparent. This was a show that was born during the middle of a pandemic, so... Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, and like with, like, two people working at the office, so, like, I have been completely transparent about this show the entire time. You know what's even worse to me than the headphones being that loud? Want to know one of the main reasons why they're not loud? Why they're that loud? Tell me. Because half the time, I I believe, (laughs) they just sit on the desk in front of the people. Yeah. And they're just sitting there, and that's why they turn them up so loud. So So Then again, it's just like, we're going to blow out these headphones soon. Yeah, so moral of the story, every time (laughs) I get on here to talk, First sentence out of my mouth, I can hear coming back at me, which is one of those like broadcasting job things that people don't really know. The people who do PAs in a stadium, that is a, a mind bleep because the first few times you do it where you're having to say something in every word, word that that you yeah. you say, say <laughs> comes right back at you. Yeah. It takes a lot to get through that, right? I've actually heard of some PA announcers that when they speak, they have earplugs in. So they can't hear that. It just allows them to speak through it. That being said, every opening sentence I have on the show, I hear back through the headset that sounds like it's about to explode because Ben and Kevin have it on so loud. Right. But that being said, (laughs) (laughs) that being said, uh, I can usually tell like the mood that PJ's in as he comes in to the (laughs) studio. And today uh, it wasn't, a great mood. It's a little snarky. It's, <laughs> it's a little sarcastic. It's a little sardonic. I don't even and know I think I know the mean. reason. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> because you just saw somebody that is in the same industry or is going to be in the same industry as us who's never worked in that industry. Oh, yeah. The first contract they ever signed, 10 years, $375 million. Mm-hmm. Those of you who don't know who that is, locking it up. One Tom Brady, once he finishes up his NFL career, has a 10 year, $375 million contract that he has signed with Fox Sports to become their lead NFL analyst. That's getting close to those uh, Kevin Thomas numbers. I think that's like $375. Yeah, I was uh, seeing if I can get a reaction out of him. No, I think he turned us off. Yeah, or well, either that or his headphones aren't on loud enough. In there. <laughs> yeah, right. But that being so said, does he have headphones in there? Tom Super Brady, check. all joking aside, signs what a lot of people are calling an absurd contract. Right. He's going to be making basically $37 million a year <laughs> to work for what? Maybe 18 weeks? Yeah. Yeah. To be the Tony Romo of Fox Sports. Correct. Yeah. But, Is that the first time anyone's ever said that about Tom Brady? 
<laughs> yeah. That would be the Tony Romo of anything. Correct. But yeah. to that, I would counter, I think Tom Brady is worth every penny. ESPN just broke off Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman's deal is for five years, $90 million to get him to jump from Fox to the Monday night booth at ESPN. Joe Buck uh, is reportedly between 60 to $75 million for that same five-year span. Those dudes are making cheese oh. to do Monday night football. Yeah. And yep. so Fox Sports felt like they had to come back swinging because you look at, like you said, the Tony Romos that are at CBS and then ESPN just stole your headliners. Whole broadcast team. Yeah, they stole your headliners. I want to check on that. Like, did they take the producers? I mean, I feel like they just went and well, said, hey, I thought, yeah. You're trucking everything. Let's just relabel that. Bring it all on over to the ESPN. I but thought no, what right. ESPN did was they were like, it hasn't worked. Whatever we put in the Monday night booth hasn't worked yeah. for whatever reason. So let's go take what has worked. Mm-hmm. And Disney copped those checks and said, here you go. Very good point. Whatever yeah. money you need to make it happen. And I have to imagine $30 million a year is probably about what it costs to get Tom Brady to do anything. Yeah, I can't see him taking. Yep. Especially walking away from, from football. I think that's the other interesting part of this whole thing. I don't want to get on a new subject too quickly or anything like that, but is when does this happen? Because right. it, it's it's not. I was surprised with the at least how much flexibility they're showing in the public because they just said, listen, this is your contract when you're done with football. Now, inside you know the four walls, are they saying that's definitely next year or not? Who right. knows? But at least in the public eye, it's more like, all right, well, whenever you retire, we got you. But go go play however much football you want to from until that until that time. Now I can't imagine they're just like, yeah, play for six more years, and when your six years is up, we got you. But I mean, maybe that's just what they needed to do with him because obviously he's unsure of you know when he actually wants to retire. He already went in and went out one time, so. I thought that was a, a very interesting side of things as well. I just I, I don't think you could get a bigger person if you're Fox. No, nah, yeah, absolutely not. I mean, you're doing your Green Bay Cowboys game at one o'clock on Sunday, or your Seattle San Francisco game at four thirty five, and you have I don't know who's who's their lead play by play guy now. Well that's who, the problem. Like who, I, I, whomever it is and Tom Brady, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Doesn't get better than that. You could literally put Elmo and Tom Brady, and it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, no. Like, and I, I love Joe Buck, exactly and I love right. Troy Aikman, right? Love me some Mike Tirico. It doesn't get better than whoever and Tom Brady, right? So I thought this is a power play uh, by Fox, but <laughs> it cost him. That deal is worth more than all of the money Tom Brady has made in his NFL career. Yeah, goodness gracious. It's crazy. So you're basically paying him that much to walk away from football, you know, no, like at the end of the day. Well, I mean, not, not to walk away Because the deal is, it's, but... it's, it starts whenever he retires. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. But still, yeah, yeah. Like like you said, after retirement, to, to get him to do anything was going to cost an arm and a leg. And it, it, it certainly did that. Now, I would, like you said, I disagree with, with anyone saying it's not worth it or it's too much. Because most of the people, again... Most of the people that are saying that, not to call anyone out, are, are working in this industry and would want that money in a heartbeat if they could get it. 
uh, doing that that exact job or doing even more of a job. So well, like, here's what's amazing about it's easy just, to be salty about that. But what's amazing about the money is it just it keeps the goalposts keep moving, right? And it's yeah. Yeah, or excuse me, Fox for NFC for those broadcasts. They paid four hundred million dollars for the initial contract. Right. They're about to play Tom Brady about that much just to call one game every weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, you get to say in all of your promos, you got Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, calling this game and this game, like they, it doesn't get better than that. So I thought just a power move there uh, from Fox, and it's. What I have found fascinating is we always talk about uh, in sports the, the power structure moving over to the players. It seems like in the broadcast game, now you have all of these broadcasters kind of like flexing and getting their paychecks. Like yeah. We don't know how much money he's making, yeah. but Trey Wingo left ESPN to go work in Vegas mm. and get paid. Yep. Right? Yeah. A yeah. bunch of these guys just watching the offseason, the Adam Schefters and Adrian Wojnarowski's are up for contract deals. Mm-hmm. Right, Pat McAfee just signed a huge deal. Right, the Levitard show what a fifty million dollar deal with DraftKings. Yeah. So it's like these different broadcasters that that bring eyes to whatever you are looking to monetize. They're kind of claiming their power, and there's no set structure anymore. There's no, all right, this is about what someone like this gets paid. I mean, Tony Romo kind of flipped it on his head, making thirty million dollars a year to call football games. Right. Well, I, yeah, I think also you, you got to think of like how much money th- those people are bringing in at the same time. You just, you know, noted off some of the most well-known and and you know really, I wouldn't say greatest, but but some of the most well-known people and broadcasters, in sports, commentators yeah. in in sports right now, and we're in this day and age where there's there's more technology, there's more sports media than ever before. There's more avenues to get these thoughts and these shows out there than ever before. So, you know, is it... Now, are the, are the figures maybe a surprise? Sure, but at the same time, is it a surprise that these people are finally starting to cash in on the money that's coming into sports media? I don't, I don't think it's that much of a surprise, but I think do like... I, I do think the, the initial... Holy cow! That much to to do this? Of well, course, see, that that's going to take that some thought. people back a little bit. I thought I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's like, kind like, of what yeah. I'm getting at. I'm like, yeah, if you want Tom Brady to do anything as a full time job, that's probably about how much it's going right. to cost every year. Right. I mean, it's Tom Brady. He just exists and makes that much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, think about too. I mean, that that's a good point. Think about what sponsors that could bring to the table as well. Is think of all the the different. Clothing lines and and you know you've seen Tom Brady on uh, cologne lines and things like that before in advertising and commercials. Now, does that automatically bring them to to Fox? Maybe not, but it gives it a possibility of hey, these are my connections. Tom Brady's not you know advertising with any any you know local businesses or anything like that. Like right. it's, it's expensive types of things and it's businesses, corporations that are used to spending money on their people. So maybe you, you open the door that much more for, for Fox sports to get those kind of sponsorships. Now that they do have Tom Brady, they make that connection. So while they're paying him, obviously quite a bit of money, uh, that there's a possibility there that maybe that opens the door for them a little bit more to 
get some more sponsors that maybe they wouldn't have before because they have Tom Brady. I'm trying to do some rudimentary math here, but basically over 22 seasons in the NFL, including salary, signing bonus, roster bonus, workout bonus, restructure bonuses, option bonuses, incentives, all of the money that Tom Brady has accumulated per Spotrack. Dot com. He's made two hundred thirty-five thousand dollars in in or two hundred thirty-five thousand, two hundred thirty-five million dollars. Excuse right. me, in New England and about sixty in Tampa. That's still about seventy million dollars short of that contract that he just signed, and that's for twenty-two years of work right. versus a ten-year deal with Fox. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's wild. Um, I it's it's. Yeah. it's you want to say it's absurd, but again, I think you kind of look at his career trajectory and Tom Brady, uh, when he signed that deal, uh, that first two-year deal with the Buccaneers, two years, $50 million. Right. And then there's a signing bonus on top of that, right? Of course, I'm sure incentives, things like that, yeah. And completely guaranteed is the other side of it, too. Uh, and then in, sign a one-year deal, $25 million. Like So your base that you're going to pay Tom Brady to do anything is $25 million. <laughs> right, right, true. Especially, I mean, at this point, like that's that's the other thing too. Is you start getting into that twenty-two year NFL yeah. career, those first you know four or five years, obviously not not making what he was making once he won those Super Bowls. Once, you know, yeah, you have. I mean, he's Tom yeah. Brady. He's a brand. Yeah, like you're not paying for the football player. You're playing for the brand and like well, selling sure. season tickets. Especially now, yeah, yeah. And like and having Fox Sports come to do your games, right? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're all of a sudden you're at 435 in prime time versus they're putting you at one o'clock every week because nobody wants to watch the Buccaneers, right? You get Tom Brady, you're the hottest topic in professional football. Yep, and you win a Super Bowl. Prime time spots all the time. Yeah. Can we talk about too? Like, no. Like, like <laughs> you you did mention the the play by play guy, whoever they're paired with, and everything like that. But I'm just, I think I'm going to enjoy it quite a bit. I think I'm going to enjoy Tom Brady as a color commentator quite a bit. I don't I mean, know that I'm sold on that. We'll see. I think I'm going to like it more than t- Tony Romo. I don't know. I've never really liked Tony Romo that much. If Especially I get, like the guessing the... If the I get actual football Tom Brady... Plays and stuff. I'm okay with that. But cheesy TikTok Tom Brady, I'm not a huge fan of. That's understandable. But I can take... Like, well, that's the thing, right? I can take like one kind of weirdly funny Tom Brady TikTok like a month. But anything more than that, it's just like, eh, chill out. Like, I get, like, we all thought it was funny when he came off the parade, the boat parade, and was just slammered. Of course. Falling yeah. over. Right. But, like. Throwing the, the uh, Lombardi trophy from boat to boat. I mean, that was that was pretty great. This was horrifying. No, it, was, it was pretty great. But that, that, was, that was good. But that being said, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I am going to. And a lot of people kind of feel that way about Tony Romo. I know you are not a huge fan of predictive Romo. No. Of Rome Stadamus. Yeah, no. Let me watch the game, man. See? Well, you don't think Tom Brady's going to do the same exact thing? I hope not. Maybe he's going to be like, oh, there's number four right here. So the safety's rolling down. Uh, So he's going to hit a hot read right here, and it's going to be a flare out to the sideline. And a flare out to the sideline. No, tell me that after the play has happened or while it's happening or something. But hopefully he's taken notes and he's been like, oh, that was really cool from Tony Romo the first game. And yeah. now it's every broadcast and everyone's getting sick of it. I don't think it. everybody feels the same way as you do, though. You think you're think you're lumping do. everyone think, into everyone's sick of it. I think a lot of people know. really like it. I think a lot of people liked it at first and got sick of it. Uh, is, are you speaking for a lot of people or are you speaking for yourself? I don't know. Let me go talk to a lot of people and we'll see. I think it's, I think it's you're speaking for yourself. Everyone call in. Go ahead and call in. Phone line's open. 
let us know. You just expect the people to know the phone number? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't do that a lot. Normally, I wait for the host to do that. So, like, well, I, you, I, you also just I just kind of stole. You it. also just threw out. Yeah, I so. just kind of took it. Wait, hold on. This is good. Does PJ know our phone number? Yeah, yeah. It's nine one two. Wait. Well, I know nine one two three four two seven one eight four. Nailed it. Okay, I didn't know <laughs> if like because I know we've had a, di- a couple different. Uh, you know, you call this line, you call that line for different wait, things. Wait, so wait, what were people blah, calling blah, blah. about? Whether or not they liked Tony Romo's broadcast? Yeah, are you sick of the predictive <laughs> play calling from Tony Romo or not? I'm trying to talk to I, a lot of people no, and see if a I lot of people like agree. Why do I feel like you're the person who rented out an auditorium to have a to give a speech on something, and there's like seven people there, and they're only there for the cookies? I'm more the guy right now. I'm I'm trying to be the guy like on the sidewalk who's sitting with that table. No, like, there's... Tony Romo's play calling, predictive gas prices play calling are as high as they have ever been before. On broadcast is annoying. Prove me wrong. Yeah, no, gas prices are as high as they have ever been before. There's catastrophes happening. There's literally a war happening right now in Europe, and PJ is. We're gonna bring that here. out for no, this. PJ We've is, been talking about Tom Brady for PJ, fifteen minutes. No, no, minutes. I'm just saying, but like PJ, where he finds what he his act his activism yep. is, somebody has to stop Tony Romo. It's gonna <laughs> stop. It's so annoying. PJ goes it to does. sleep every night staring at a ceiling saying somebody's got to stop him. Have we not said before that we are just sick people? You keep saying we. Sick football quit, fans. Quit, is, quit this is what we think about people. at night. This is what we think about. Now, I, have never thought I am. About, I have never thought about Tony Romo in bed. <laughs> I can honestly say that. I try and forget that before I get into bed. But it's like, you know. This is not. This is not an. Of course, generally, like yes, of course, I, I wish you know the wars would stop. Here's what I hope. I I, I want to help people. I want to do good things for people. All these. I want to be nice. So but all your these, activism all these good is things. Tony but Romo also, must be stopped. Tony Romo's got to stop with all this stuff, and Tom Brady better not pick it up. I I really hope that something happens at CBS where like they don't broadcast NFL games anymore or something, but they buy the Big Ten, <laughs> and you get Tony Romo on Penn State games. Stop it, man. Come on. And it's even simpler for him because it's college. And he's going to be like, oh, yeah, this is what's happening right now. And you're just going to have to mute your TV like half of the SEC did for a certain broadcast crew that I'm not going to mention. I'm not one of them. I love that broadcast crew. But I know there's a lot of you out there that hate that broadcast crew and know exactly what I'm talking about. But that being said. The one that has no idea what they're talking about sometimes. that's, That's so polarizing. I don't know. I don't know. Let's take a quick break. We'll talk some sports when we come back. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you hanging out with us here on this Tuesday afternoon. All right. We talked yesterday, PJ, about we are officially closer to the beginning of college football season than we are to the end of the last one. Thank goodness. Which is just a wonderful feeling. Right. But I feel like we can still go back and hit on some points from last year, some players that have moved on to the NFL and get you ready at the same time for this upcoming season. And the reason I want to do this is there's a lot of people that say wild things, like PJ Zuko speaking for everybody in the last segment, but there's, there's people who just say a lot, a of, lot of people really wild and uninformed things. Uh, and one of them is our good friend, Chris Collinsworth. He's great. Yeah, who, what's wrong with him? Who made, I think, a statement that he really didn't think two seconds about but has ruined my week. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Chris you know, Collinsworth in an interview with Sports Illustrated. Of course, you can hear Chris Collinsworth every Sunday night for Sunday night football during football season. 
the best broadcast team in football. It sure used to be. Al Michaels and Chris Al, Collins were? Yeah, I think Al oh, Michaels he headed now? to uh, Amazon for Thursday Night Football. I'm still not He's over that, obviously. Off. I'm still and not. Potentially, like, I believe, with Kirk Herbstreet. I still just, I don't believe it. Yeah, okay. But that being said. I'm in shock. That being said, Chris Collinsworth, <laughs> I just think making a remark that he just said and moved on from and just ruined me. He said Aiden Hutchinson was the best player in college football last year, oh. and it wasn't really close. Uh, come on, man. Now, Aiden Hutchinson, of course, was taking num- taking number two overall in the NFL draft after Travon Walker out of Georgia. Aiden Hutchinson now a member of the Detroit Lions. Right? I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Trevon Walker was the best player in college football last year because it simply isn't true. Yeah, no. I'm not, I, I completely disagree that Aiden Hutchinson was the best player in college football last year. Agreed. Because it simply isn't true. The best player in college football last year is going to play another year of college football. I'm like, okay, Bryce Young. No. Oh, maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like, yeah, that dude's good. He's really good. He might be the second best player in college football. I think I know where you're going. It ain't him, and it ain't really close. C.J. Stroud, a guy who's projected to go number one overall next year, a quarterback, really good. Amazing player. Amazing player. Don't yeah. know if he's better than Bryce Young. I know he's bigger, and that matters a lot to NFL people, but he, it ain't really close to me either. I don't want to interrupt your point, but I saw a ridiculous mock draft for next year who had someone going number one. Yeah, Will Levis. We'll, we'll talk that, about that later. Stupid. Yeah, we don't yeah, talk say about it's that. the worst um, thing. Don't do that to him. No, anyway. the best player in college football, I'm going to steal Chris Collinsworth line, and it's not really close, is Will Anderson from Alabama. Yeah. Now you're right. And it, like I said, it ain't close. Yeah. Now I'm happy I got that one right. Yeah, like if in he my, got to come yeah. out this year, he would have been the number one overall pick. Would have been. Like, unquestionably, the number one overall pick. I understand that there is a subsect of sports broadcasting that is dominated by Michigan grads. Did Adam Schefter graduate from Michigan? I think so. And there's a I don't there's know. a few other big ones there as well. And then it's like it's Michigan and Northwestern. I try and forget because you have about the journalism people. school up at Northwestern that everybody and their sister has graduated from. That being said, see how annoying it. Like you think it's you think it's annoying for you. <laughs> try being a Penn State fan. That's Just, fair. Sports media is dominated by Michigan, Northwestern, Ohio State graduates. Get out of here. Anyway, okay. sorry. Keep no, going. you're good. You're good. So what I'll say is this: Aiden Hutchinson, the per like uh, Mel Kiper, who said like, I can't believe they picked Trevon Walker out of Georgia. <laughs> Over Aiden Hutchinson, who I on my big board is the best player in the country. My big board's never wrong. Right. It's like I'm never wrong, even if they don't. Even pick though with I it. said I would retire. Yeah. If what's his face out of Notre Dame didn't turn into a great quarterback in the NFL. And guess what? What's it? What was his name? Which one? I Mel, Mel Kuyper put his name on, I'd retire is if he doesn't work out. Brady Quinn? No. Or Tommy Reese? No. Or who was the next one? No, this is farther Desha- back. Deshaun Kaiser? No, this is farther, farther back. Farther back. Oh. Far- farther Jimmy back? Clausen. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. He said he would retire if Jimmy Clausen didn't turn into an amazing NFL quarterback. <laughs> Jimmy Clausen. Right. That's a great, that's a wonderful name. Remember that whole thing, like Jimmy Clausen wouldn't give... Cam Newton, number two. Anyway. I will be number so what two. Happened, so what happened is, yeah. Okay. Cam Newton became an MVP. Yeah. Where's, and, where's, now no one knows where Jimmy Clausen is. Yeah, and we haven't heard about Jimmy Clausen. Uh, that being said, <laughs> let's look at Aiden Hutchinson's stats. Because Aiden Hutchinson, per a lot of people, 
was the best player in college football last year. A lot of wrong And I, I hate doing the B.J. Bennett where we have to look at stats, but let's look at stats. Last year, Aiden Hutchinson had 14 sacks, 16 and a half tackles for loss. That's a really good year. That's a really good year. His team played 14 games. He had a he averaged a sack per. Right? That's a real that's a really good year. Yeah. 16 and a half tackles per loss, about the same numbers, right? Averaged about a tackle per loss, maybe a little bit more per game. That's a productive year. You are a very productive member of a good defense. Yeah, man. A defense that won the Big Ten and went to the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a good team, a good season. You had a great year, right? Absolutely. Here's what Will Anderson did last year. 17 and a half sacks, 31 tackles for loss. Yeah. And the difference is Aiden Hutchinson's job, job, right, was to stand up as an edge rusher and just come like a bat out of hell off the edge. Right. Collapsing edges, right? You're playing in the Big Ten, mostly spread football teams unless you play Wisconsin, right? Or Michigan, but obviously you're not playing yourself. But yeah. mostly spread football teams that are going to throw it a lot. Yeah. Right? His job is just to wreak havoc in the backfield, and he did. But what it shows me is the fact that he only had two and a half other tackles for loss wasn't a dominant run defender. Right? He had one job. Yep. And it was to massacre tackles and get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right? And he did it really well. Good enough to be the second overall pick in the NFL draft. Right? Will Anderson... 31 tackles for loss. So if you take out his sacks, he's still averaging a tackle for loss per game. Yeah. It's incredible. If you take out his sacks. Yeah. Right? And he plays a different position. Will Anderson put both hands in the ground a lot. Right. Very rarely do you see Will Anderson just being the guy that lines up outside the defensive end as an edge rusher. Will Anderson's job is to sit next to a defensive tackle and just eviscerate one side of your line of scrimmage. Yeah. And he's really good he at it. He did just that, whether it be a run play or a pass play. So, like. And, and so now that brings me to my next question for you, which is this. So, look, just a quick recap. I don't believe there's an argument about who the best player in college football is. Like, it's, it's Will Anderson. Like, this is, to yeah. me, it's similar to Jadavian Clowney. It's similar to uh, just like when you, know, when you just know. Uh, maybe a Miles Garrett. I think Will Anderson is better than Miles Garrett. Uh, Von Miller, where you're just like this guy's gonna be the number one overall pick. Well, do, question for you, and and don't want to get it confused, right? Like I'm not saying should he, because very obviously he should, especially coming off the year. Will he get that type of hype next year? Yeah, preseason, oh, yeah. midseason, like I, I think it's good, Al- good. I think it's Alabama fatigue a little bit. Understand. Like, well, I think he should. I'm yeah. not saying he shouldn't. I just hope he does. Like, well, I, I mean, hope he gets I, that credit. I don't know that it will matter because the NFL scouts are already just like drooling about so him. On him anyway, uh, yeah. I want to give credit to the right uh, author, but somebody put a story up on ESPN.com about Alabama's pro day, where you have Jamison Williams there, you have Fildarian Mathis, uh, you have a ton of amazing players. You have the number seven overall pick. And Evan Neal, yeah. they said Will Anderson walked in in street clothes to support his friends and immediately became the best player in the building. Like, that's, like, and I understand Alabama fatigue, right? Michigan last year, it was a historic season. They beat Ohio State for the first time in what? I think 10 years, at least. Yeah, like, a, at least a decade. 10, 11 years. And won the Big Ten, and they just they came out of nowhere. They're one of those teams where college football is better when they're better, mm-hmm. right? And so it was a huge storyline that Michigan was finally able to do that after just being a joke. 
It's like they won the Super yeah. Bowl. Man. Yeah, it's like, like, it's yeah but, it's just, like, but it's, they're one of those teams, right? It's when the Yankees get hot. It's, yeah. Everybody yeah. pays attention to it, right? Sure. It's just it's one of those teams when Green Bay is really good. Everybody pays attention because they're just one of those stalwarts, one of those, I don't want to say founding members, but just they're a blue blood, right? And yeah. everyone enjoys when a blue blood's good. Sure. Right? And and even if you don't like them, you love to hate them. Yeah. And, so, like, yeah. And so, Aiden Hutchinson, I think, deservedly so, got a lot of attention last year. But when you're Will Anderson and you look at the guys who have come before you, the Marcel Dariuses, the Ruben Fosters, right? Just you can go and, like, the joke is Nick Saban has more first round picks than he does losses at Alabama. Right, so Fact. it's just yeah. it's it's just you, you get fatigued after a while, right? For sure. So I understand a little bit as to why Will Anderson doesn't have the hype. Where they're like, yeah, Alabama's another great defensive player. I don't think people realize how good he was. Yeah, like people talk about Josh Allen out of Kentucky, and he's was a first round pick for uh, the Jaguars a couple years back. Will Anderson is that, but a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason he won't be the first overall pick is if there's somebody who gets the number one overall pick who needs a quarterback. Right. Yeah. Right. Like if Jacksonville picks the third number one in a row, he's going to Jacksonville. Better to get Will Yeah, Anderson. he's, he's yeah, going sure. to Jacksonville. Right. Right. And I think he's so good that the teams that do select a quarterback won't feel great about it. Yeah. Like the pressure that you will have coming in as a rookie quarterback that either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud would have coming in as a a rookie quarterback would be like the especially if it's like a defensive coach, head coach is sitting there like yeah. Could have Will Anderson because you know that defensive coach is, it was trying to convince you know he, the GM yeah. and the owner like please let me get it's like, Will bro, Anderson. I understand instead. we need a quarterback. I understand <laughs> that Davis Mills is our quarterback. Yeah, but we can but, handle, we can deal with him another year. But think about it. Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl with a dominant defensive line. True. Let me work. Give me Will Anderson. <laughs> I'll give you Von Miller. Trent Dilfer won won a Super Bowl. Correct. Like a different you, day. You let age, me give but... you let me you let me get Will Anderson. I will show you Von Miller. Yeah. Right. So it's. Speaking away. of Von Miller, Peyton Manning won won a Super Bowl. In Peyton, they know the in, carcass of Peyton Manning. Pe- yeah, in Peyton Manning state. So like, yeah, that's an argument. Yeah, no, the in carcass of, of Peyton Manning throwing just from like electrons, like the last <laughs> remaining electrons in his body, like bolting the nerve in his arm to throw a couple of passes, won a Super Bowl because Von Miller in that defense blasted <laughs> one of the coolest teams I've ever seen with those 2014 Panthers. But no, yeah. let's take a break because there's a point from all of this that I want to get to. But if you let me, I'll just like blow through all of our commercial breaks and not do it. <laughs> so let's take a break. We'll come back. There's a point I want to get to, but the starting point is Will Anderson's the best player in college football, and it ain't really close. We'll come back, and I'll talk to you about an interesting point that the new era of college football has brought us with guys like Will Anderson next. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. We are presented to you by the Uniform Source. Just enjoying another beautiful South Georgia day. I mean, since those storms, what, this weekend, like maybe a little bit of rain? Outside of that, the past couple weeks? Man, I don't know. Been perfect. Don't say that about last week. Last week was heating, man. Goodness gracious. Oh, I forgot. PJ would prefer it's 42 and cloudy. Absolutely not. Yesterday was perfect. Yeah. Now, today's a little warm for my leggings, but that's okay. We had like a little spurt of rain this weekend. It was good to cool off a little little, bit. Oh, my goodness. I mean... PJ's, Who would have gotten the 90s last PJ, week? I, get ready because it's going to stay there for I know, the but I don't months. want it to. I don't want it to. If it could stay like 72 yeah. to 76 just for the rest of my life, I'd be fine with that. All I'd right. have to give up snow, but then again, the heat would be gone too. It's fair. Anyway, sorry. We were talking about Will Anderson in the last segment, and I 
I don't believe I know he is the best player in college football. And if we're doing Madden rankings, I think I do think that like the only one who really comes close as of right now, there's always going to be somebody who jumps up surprises like Will Anderson did last year. I think the only one who really comes close to him right now is probably Jackson Smith and Jigba just in terms of being like that Madden rating kind of good. Yeah. Like when you're playing yeah. the old college football game, Will Anderson has like the star power under right. him. Yeah. And like, he's probably the highest rated player in the game. Yeah. Right. He's a sophomore or was a sophomore last year. He had 17 and a half sacks, 31 tackles for loss. We talked about the ESPN article that said, as soon as he walked into Alabama's pro day, where guys are getting ready to get drafted. He's not eligible to get drafted yet because you have to be out of high school for three years. Mm-hmm. Do you see, like with the Jamar Chase or the Derek Stingleys, more and more players that are of Will Anderson's level sitting out that final year? I understand the players who were playing in the COVID years. It was a little bit different because you're playing... You're not playing in front of big fans. NIL hadn't really come around yet. And there was the risk of COVID, obviously, but also like being locked up and not being able to see your family because yeah. you were everyone's was in a bubble, mm-hmm. quote unquote, right? We haven't seen another player. I mean, Derek Stingley did it, but he also had some troubles that weren't related to football. Do you see players like Will Anderson now that NIL is what it is? sitting out that final year of college. I mean, Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase both did it. And the whole storyline we were told was, you can't do that. You're going to lose draft value. You have to come back. You have to play. The only way to get better at football is to play football. But when you have guys who, uh, you have Jamar Chase, who's in the most historically statistical dominant offense ever. Yeah. Right? Just broke all kinds of records. Mm -hmm. And you saw what he was. And then you have Micah Parsons, who's just freaky good at Penn State. They both sit out that year, and then they're both drafted, what, inside the top 10? Parsons was right outside the top right 10. Right outside the but, top 10. I know, yeah. I think yeah. Jamar Chase was fifth, yeah. right? And then they were both, respectively, the offensive player and defensive <laughs> yeah. player of the year in terms of rookies. Defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Right. Right? So it didn't affect their play that much. No. So do you think guys who are just, like, clear-cut, like, yeah, that guy's that good, do you think we're going to see more of them start to sit out? I think we could. I think it also, yep, to answer, yes. Short answer, yes. Longer answer, I think it more depends on what situation they're at with, with the school, too, as well, like competitive nature-wise. And I'm talking about as a team, not just as a player. I'm not saying they're not competitive if they sit out a year. That, that's not what I mean. I'm saying as a team, if they're in competition, like with Will Anderson at Alabama, going to the national championship last year, and losing that game. I I think if he was going to sit out, he, one, would have already said, mentioned it, and two, I think he wants that championship. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you get that chip on your shoulder, that competitive nature, you get that chip on your shoulder. And he's on a team that believes they can go and do that. Now, it's Alabama. They're the favorite to do it every single year. Um, I think if, I think, like, with a Derek Stingley at, at LSU and Jamar Chase, even though, like you said, they had different stipulations, whatnot. If LSU's still in that down downside in that down year, we're going to go, it's expected we're going to go 8-4, and 9-3, and three, even though we shouldn't be. Maybe, yeah. 
I think, I, I, maybe I think that's when you start to see more of them them do that. And I, th- I think it even happens in a more or less black and white way. I think it's probably more of shades of gray where you have, and I'm just using Will Anderson as an example. Uh, right, right. Well, Darian Mathis, who was a defensive tackle for Alabama last year and is now a member of the Washington Commanders, uh, was talking about Will Anderson and said he's good enough to go right now, like go pro right now and be dominant in the pros. But then it goes on to say he's not that guy. Like, he's got one more year at Alabama. He wants to go win a national championship with Alabama, even though he's already won one as a freshman. Uh, But that being said, I think you're going to see shades of grace. So, for example, Will Anderson comes in and rolls an ankle week two. Didn't we see we saw Joey True. Bosa do that with a uh, with a core injury yeah. that he had at Ohio State where he suffered a core injury like two or three weeks into the season and said, you know what, I'm gonna shut it down. I'm, I'm shutting this down. I'm gonna go start training for the NFL. Yeah, you're gonna see and more and maybe different than the injuries would be you get to the third week of the season you lose to a team you're not supposed to and you're like all right we're still in it and then three weeks later you get that second loss and any postseason aspirations are gone. Is then that at the end of that week, because all you're playing for at that point is just bowl positioning. True. Are you looking at the coach and saying, "Hey, brother, I gave it to you like until the the goals were gone." Yeah. Like until the championship aspirations were gone, I gave it to you. Now maybe it's time to get somebody else ready because I'm gonna go. I think they said the average is like twenty five to thirty thousand dollars for a six month training camp for the NFL. Right. Like so, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go work at one of these different speed and strength facilities and get ready to go. I think that's it's a probably very good point. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's probably the reality we're going to start seeing is because it's just one of those notions where, oh, you can't do that. It, it just shows lack of leadership. It shows lack of character. It shows lack of commitment to your football team. It's like NFL doesn't give a bleep about that. That's what if I was you're Jamar like, Chase and yeah. you can run a four three and you yeah. can you can cook Jalen Ramsey in the Super Bowl, they don't care. That's the thing with those players is if they do that. Like, I'm not saying it, obviously. They're, they're going to have to have tough skin because yeah. all of the media, most of the media, former coaches, everything like that, oh, Bill they're, they're, they're going to come li- at them. Bill Polian's going to light you up. Absolutely. You're going to be hearing about it for the rest of the season, and then possibly you get drafted top 10, top 15, and then you go out and prove them wrong. So, I mean, that's that's all you can do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a very good point that I could possibly have. I do want to say about Micah Parsons, too. He was kind of in that same, same vein. Well, banged with COVID. up and just, there wasn't, yeah. He had a kid. Also, yeah. so like you said, being in the COVID situation, having to be in that bubble, whatnot, being away from your family, and yeah. and also not nil yet. So like, yeah, he was he was kind of in that same deal. But I think that's a really good point. Uh, we we could see a lot of three four week in the season guys, maybe start doing that instead of waiting for that bowl game and saying no, I'm just just not going to play in the bowl game. Probably the rest of the season be like, you know what, we're we're two and two. I'm kind of feeling a little bit. Yeah. Let me get ready for the NFL. And I think if you're a coach, the reality is you're just going to be like, hey, whatever you need. Right. Still use the facilities, come back to pro days, like you know, whatever you need. You'd hope so. And because yeah. the last thing you want to do is have a recruit saying like, so what happened here? Exactly. Uh, I, I, just new realities that we're looking like looking at inside of college athletics, specifically uh, college football. Some different ideas proposed by the NCAA in terms of how to kind of curtail the recruiting that is going on for some of these collectives around NIL. We'll talk about that tomorrow, but we got to take a quick break here. We'll come back, get you ready for three and out. And then we got a Braves baseball against the Red Sox, a little two game set against the Red Sox coming up in Atlanta. We'll break all that down next right here on second down three and out coming up next right here on ESPN radio, Ben Troop and Kevin Thomas continuing the conversation about name, image and likeness and 
the guardrails that are kind of trying to be built as this thing overflows everywhere <laughs> all over college athletics. So, yeah, maybe should have thought of that beforehand, but it is what it is. The guys, we'll be talking about it next. We also have Braves baseball coming up for you a little bit later on this evening. Pre-game starting immediately following three and out, leading you up to a 7:20 first pitch. Kyle Wright on the bump for the Braves tonight. Kyle, all right, all right, all right. All that he has been. Yeah, all that coming yeah. up next. If you miss any portion of our show, check it out wherever you get your podcast. We will catch up with everyone tomorrow.